Welcome back to episode 119 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and I am the horde that was vanquished. A vanquished horde? A vanquished horde. Oh, no. What all happened? of me. All of you was vanquished. All of me was vanquished. <laughs> and you- all of you was horde. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your other host, Mike. And uh, the other day I was working on a light fixture in my house when I had an electric revelation that I probably should have turned the power off first. An electric revelation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to get shocked. Shocking. It, it, it was a very shocking experience for me. That is absolutely true. It took two damage all over the place. All over the place. Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. So we have a couple of announcements, but before we do that, I want to talk about what I did this past weekend. Yeah. I got to go to Gen Con. Wow. I was very excited. Um, I got to play some magic. I got to play some board games. Um, most notably, I think the thing I was most excited about was, funny enough, at the eBay booth. Hmm. Didn't expect to go to the eBay booth. Okay. They were handing out play mats by Aaron Miller. Oh. And Aaron Miller was there, so I got mine signed. That was very cool. But also, you got to pick a token, and you either got like a there was a Charizard. It was it was okay. I believe it was a Charizard. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I didn't look very hard at it. Or you got a zombie token for magic mm-hmm. that was themed after Post Malone. Okay. So I got a Post Malone zombie. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I feel like I need to make a zombie deck. I think you should. And I've been thinking about it, honestly, about like <laughs> what you should make. And I really feel like I haven't seen a zombie deck in more than the Esper colors lately. And it would be really cool if it at least included some green. You get some Ravnica's. You get you get your Golgari zombies that way. Yeah, and, and yeah. I know there's a red zombie out there somewhere too. I could. I mean, we're we're talking about a zombie today. We're talking, talking about some about a zombie, zombie today. Zombie. That's very could true. Could be in blue black. Could you, be. That's, but that's, that's still an Esper color. Still an Esper colors. <laughs> um, and I also got to do the uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt pre-release while we were there. Nice. So that was really cool. Um, I went two and one. I got a couple packs. Um, I didn't open anything crazy, but I got to meet a bunch of people, hand out a bunch of Guardian Project uh, podcast tokens. Nice, nice. Guerrilla um, marketing. That's what yeah, we like. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you were at Gen Con, you know who we are now <laughs> because I talked to all of you. No, I probably talked to a good 15 to 20 people, though, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, sad it was very quick, but it was much smaller than previous years, mm-hmm. and we were only there really during our scheduled games, so I don't go just for Magic. I go for, for We go for mostly board games, so I got to play a couple new board games. Uh, Atlantis Rising was very cool. Um, so if you're into board games, Gen Con's really cool, so hopefully next year it is um, much different than the world is now, and everybody can go. Did they have like a, a commander zone or anything like that yeah. for Magic? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. There was a whole area. There were pods firing the whole time. They had um, mystery booster drafts. They had time spiral master drafts. They had Innistrad Midnight Hunt drafts. Uh, the actual pre-release. Pre-release kits were like... They were they were sold out for most of their events for anything that was midnight hunt related. Um, yeah, it was. I didn't I didn't play any commander. I just didn't have time. We sure. had scheduled games, and then like by the time you play your game, it's two hours. You go and you eat lunch, and then you got to come back and move another game. Or for sure. Or you or you and for most of our stuff, we when we weren't at a scheduled event, 
we were hanging out back at our hotel playing games there. Sure. So uh, Gen Con was fun, but uh, we do have a couple of announcements this week. The first one comes actually from Architect. We did have an update, update 0.9.2. Um, this came with a couple of features here, multi-search, salt scores, and salt sum. Um, on the homepage now, there is a multi-search feature that is hopefully going to make it easier for people to find what they're looking for on Architect. You can look through decks and cards. You can search by user there. Um, it also now links the EDHREC salt score to Architect, which is wonderful because I really wanted to see what my decks looked like. Um, so if you are unfamiliar, uh, EDHREC, you can go and vote on um, how salty a card makes you on a scale of one to four. I believe it's one to four. Um, four being, I never want to see this card again. <laughs> one being, I don't care. Or I guess zero being, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm unaffected at sure. all. Um, and so anyway, uh, using those scores from EDHREC, you can now go to the main page of your commander deck um, and see the salt sum. So it, it, you can hover over where you see your salt sum and it tells you how salty it is. Um, and, and remember, this is crowdsourced data, not to be taken too seriously. It is specifically referenced here in the update. So don't, you know, don't take that personally. Um, there's a couple of other things, dark mode color scheme. People wanted it even darker. I use dark mode. I don't use light mode. Um, there was a redesign of the home page. They've moved where the ads are. And then there is now a page that can be navigated to by selecting view all for articles. Um, and then uh, a couple of bug fixes here. But the salt score is really cool to see. Um, they did say islands have a higher salt score than the other basic lands. Yeah. So to be fair, if you're already playing blue, your salt score is going to be higher inherently. Mm -hmm. um, Dark comes in around, uh, around 40, which is very high. Mm -hmm. um, the average, I believe, was 30, 32 or 34. Um, so 34.12. Uh, 34.12 is the average sum, uh, uh, salt score. So I had posted, a bunch of people were posting, um, many, many coming in all over the place. Um, but I, I think it is very reflective of what people oh, yeah. don't want to see. And I, uh, unfortunately, people just don't want to see blue. A lot of the blue cards are it's really true. affecting uh, your salt scores. I will say, and I know this is uh, uh, definitely like, uh, an extreme, but my my cast dissident mage, my CEDH cast consultation deck that includes Notion Thief and Narset Parter of Ales, uh, rings in at a sixty seven point three four salt score. So uh, most definitely, I mean, it also has the cyclonic rift and all the counter spells in there and everything. So uh, you can do worse, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the fast mana cards are are coming in real real high there. Mm -hmm. um, looking at my Malcolm and Vile Smasher, which is my 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 main competitive deck, um, my my salt score um, is is higher than 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 most of my decks. Oh yeah, um, not. I think it was in the seventies. Yeah, if, that makes if sense. I remember correctly. So, um, actually, I have it right here. And it is coming in at 70.15. Yeah, more than mine. Yep. yep. Nice. So people just don't want to see it. So if you have not seen that yet, go check out your salt score and you can compare that and you can see if people, you know, really like your cards or really don't like your cards on average based on personal opinions, not fact. And then change all of your deck list based completely we on We are the not score. asking you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another announcement that we wanted to say, well, really a, a thank you to our new patron, Arsalan. Thank you so Hello. much uh, and welcome to the community. 
Welcome to our project. What are we working on now? We moved on from that last project. We finished that. Yeah. We're not writing a paper. Though. We should start accumulating a body of knowledge. <gasps> that was a good one. And just do like free. Re- Everyone just does free research and just <laughs> give us all of your research. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll accumulate it into a book, sell the book, make a bunch of money, and you'll be a footnote in there and you'll get popular for it and make us a bunch of money footnote for being a footnote in my book of of our yes our the body of project, knowledge the body of knowledge our guardian project body of knowledge <laughs> hey if you want to support our show you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount we've got lots of cool stuff in there you get access to our patron lounge and discord and we want to have you there and if you're looking for another way to support the podcast, whatever platform you're enjoying the podcast on now, if you could rate, subscribe, review, and leave comments, we would be really appreciative. We would. And you can find us online at theguardianprojectpodcast.com. You can find our social media on Twitter at guardianpod, gameplay videos at youtube.com slash theguardianproject, and you can email us at guardianprojectpod at, d- at gmail.com. Not dmail, gmail. Not gmail. G as in Gary. Not D as in dog. You think D-mail's a real thing? D-mail. Like demon mail. Demon mail. <laughs> you can. It's, don't, don't. We don't. It's Razaketh in there. You got to email me at Razaketh at dmail.com. He would definitely send you spam. <laughs> you send, his emails get filtered to my spam. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Coyle, what are we talking about this week? Um, so since Innistrad Midnight Hunt is being officially released this week, we uh, and we talked about our favorite cards. We're going to put in Commander decks last week. This week, we are going to talk about the combo so going over to commanderspellbook.com we're going to see all the new commander combos that we get featuring cards from innistrad midnight hunt okay what flavor of combos are we talking about as we as we go through these did you like that i sent you a picture of like six different flavors of combos in our group chat today you did you did but we always (laughs) we're gonna so we should eat combos next time we do this i thought about that like honestly this morning i was like asmr us eating combos talking about combos i don't personally i don't think i would be more disgusted by listening to something i couldn't do it i could not well okay so so in honor of your favorite flavor of combos which is seven layer dip i think it's time that we dip into it i'm really proud of that transition that was deep it was a deep cut yeah seven layers deep i dipped Dodged, dived. And when you, oh, when you dip, I dip. We dipped. We dipped seven, seven whole layers. So, uh, Coil, start us off. We are, we are just going to go through a bunch of combos. Tons New of things that I'm very excited to try out some decks. And some of these, um, won't take a whole lot to incorporate into some of the decks I currently have. Definitely not. Um, so we're going to start off uh, with one of our brand new zombies that we have from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. And this is Champion of the Parish. So a play on the Champion of the Parish. So Champion of the Perished. Uh, for one black, you get a 1-1 one, one zombie. It says whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Champion of the Perished. Uh, in combination with the cards uh, Ga- Gave or Gave, Guru of Spores, however you pronounce it. Agave. I, I always think about tequila when I'm talking about this guy. So I'm definitely <laughs> in the Agave troop. Um, so so Gave is a 0-0 that enters the battlefield with five plus one plus one counters. It's in the Abzan color. So two white, black, and a green. Uh, has two activated abilities. The first one is for one generic mana. You can remove a plus one plus one counter from a creature you control to create a one one green sapling creature token. And the second ability is for one generic mana. You could sacrifice a creature to put a plus one plus one counter on on uh, a creature. 
Um, Ashnod's Altar is the third part of this uh, combo. Ashnod's Altar is a three mana artifact where you can sacrifice a creature to add two colorless to your mana pool. And the last piece here is Maskwood Nexus from Kaldheim. So this is a four mana artifact that says creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. It also has an ability to pay three and tap it to create a 2-2 blue shapeshifter creature token, which isn't going to be relevant for this particular combo. So to start off, all the permanents have to be on the battlefield, uh, and a creature you control has to have a plus one, plus one counter on it, and you have to have one generic mana available. The steps here are you activate Gave by paying one and removing a plus one plus one counter from the creature that you control with a plus one plus one counter to create a one one sapling creature token. Since you have Maskwood Nexus out, this one one sapling creature token is also every other creature type and it will enter as a zombie, putting a plus one plus one counter on Champion of the Perished. Uh, you can then kill the uh, the sapperling token uh, to create two generic mana mm -hmm. and infinitely repeat this in order to create infinite creature tokens, infinite colorless mana, infinite enter the battlefield triggers, infinite leave the battlefield triggers, infinite death triggers, and infinite sacrifice triggers. It's a bit to, to get all this together. Maybe... Um, you're already going to be playing Maskwood Nexus and Ashnod's Altars in your your Gave deck, so throwing in Champion of the Parish isn't going to be that big of a deal. And yeah. then you have a four card combo there, um, but yeah, that was my thought. I I think this one fits easily into people who are playing Gave already. Mm -hmm. um, it's fun just having another redundant combo for sure. And Says me the combo guy. <laughs> uh, and and there is also some uh, other cards that you can use in this combo. Uh, it is important to be able to produce two colorless mana with Ashnod's Altar, so that particular part of the combo can't be changed. Um, Gave is important, and Champion of the Parish is obviously the only reason we're talking about it, but Masswood Nexus can actually be replaced by cards like Arcane Adaptation, Xenograft, and Conspiracy. So if uh, those different colors are something that you want, I mean, Masswood Nexus being colorless can fit in everything. If you have a way to tutor for enchantments versus tutoring for artifacts, maybe you want to go with some of those other routes in your deck. Yeah. The next combo here is with Wilhelp the Rat Cleaver. So this is the face commander of the Innistrad Midnight Hunt, uh, one of the Innistrad Midnight Hunt precons. Um, so Wilhelp the Rat Cleaver is a 3-3 legendary zombie warrior for two, a blue and a black. It says whenever another zombie you control dies, if it didn't have decayed, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with decayed. So decayed's that new uh, mechanic that we have here. So decayed zombies are 2-2s that can't block and after they attack, you sacrifice them. Um, Wilhelm also says at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice a zombie. If you do, you can draw a card. This combos with Poppet Stitcher, but specifically the backside for Poppet Factory, and then a, a uh, Sack Outlet. So Blasting Station, for example. Um, so Poppet Stitcher, um, the, 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 the actual backside is Poppet Factory. So Poppet Factory is um, an artifact that says creature tokens you control, lose all abilities, and have base power and toughness 3-3. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may transform Poppet Factory. Um, and then the final piece here is Blasting Station. You can tap it, sacrifice a creature, and it deals one damage to target creature or player. It's an artifact for three. It says whenever a creature comes into play, you may untap Blasting Station. So um, looking at this, um, Will help requires the zombie to not have decayed to make another decayed zombie. Mm -hmm. The the poppet factory says that all tokens are three threes uh, with no abilities, so it will not have decayed. So you can sacrifice the zombie. You are going to deal you know one damage to somebody mm -hmm. uh, because it didn't have decayed. You're going to get another zombie, and blasting station will untap. 
and you just rinse and repeat until you have pinged down your opponents. Absolutely. This one is fun. Yeah, and and it, and it uses it can use any different uh, sacrifice outlet, right? As long as I know blasting station untaps when a creature comes in. Mm-hmm. If you have something that doesn't require tapping, maybe you can produce an infinite amount of mana. Or if you use like an altar of dementia, then you yep. can mill out all of your opponents and everything with it. Mm-hmm. I think will will helps really really. It's cool. cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really really cool. So I'm excited about this one. All right, the next one we have here is revolving around a new card called Ominous Roost. So this is an uncommon enchantment for Tuna Blue. This says when Ominous Roost enters the battlefield or whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, you create a 1-1 blue bird creature token with flying, and this creature can block only creatures with flying. In combination with Gravecrawler, uh, for one black, you get a 2-1 zombie that can't block, and you can cast it from your graveyard as long as you control a zombie. And Phyrexian Altar, another sacrifice outlet, for three mana, you get an artifact that says sacrifice a creature to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Um, using these three and another zombie, you do have to have one other zombie in order to be able to cast Gravecrawler from your graveyard. Um, you can, in fact, perform a loop. So if all permanents are on the battlefield, and again, you control another zombie other than Gravecrawler, you can activate Phyrexian Altar by sacrificing Gravecrawler to add a black and then cast Gravecrawler from your graveyard for that same black and repeat that infinitely in order to create an infinite amount of one one bird creature tokens um, so not only do you get all those creature tokens but you can then uh, sacrifice all of those birds to your phyrexian altar to create infinite amount of any color of mana that you need infinite enter the battlefield and leave the battlefield triggers death triggers sacrifice triggers and even storm count here if you want to so um, it's just there's there's a few different cards out there like that that uh, help you produce either bat tokens or zombie tokens or something when things leave your graveyard or you cast stuff from your graveyard and stuff. So this is just another one of those. Yeah. Uh, one of the new cards that a lot of people really loved the artwork for, Flesh Taker, um, which looks like it's a, it's a character that has like a bull mask on and they're holding like a meat cleaver mm-hmm. in the middle of like a cornfield. Terrifying, terrifying <laughs> card, but very, very cool. Um, Flesh Taker um, combining with Trudge Garden and Astronaut's Altar is going to get you some uh, infinite triggers here for entering the battlefield, leaving the battlefield, death trigger, sacrifice triggers, infinite life gain, um, and scries. So Flesh Taker is a 2-2 human assassin for white and a black. Um, it says whenever you sacrifice another creature, you may gain one life and scry one. And you can pay one to sacrifice another creature. Flesh Taker gets plus two, plus two till end of turn. We've talked about Ashnod's Altar already. You sacrifice a creature to get two colorless mana. In Trudge Garden, actually, we talked about during the Strixhaven set. Um, so it combos with some things uh, previously. So we're getting some new combos with Trudge Garden. It's an enchantment that says whenever you gain life, you may pay two if you do create a 4 4 green fungus beast creature token with trample so you just have to have all of these on the battlefield and then have one additional creature right you're going to have to have something to be able to sacrifice so you activate astronaut's altar by sacrificing a creature to get two mana flesh taker is going to trigger to give you a life and you get to scry one and then trudge garden says um you can pay two to create a four four beast you're you're just going to then continue that by sacrificing it and you're going to you're going to gain life and scry and uh yeah, all all in the in the Abzan colors here. This seems like a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, this is like a this is a flavor win here oh, for sure. 
the flesh takers just i guess actually astronauts alters take you out not necessarily the flesh taker but you could argue that you're getting the, the benefits of flesh taker well, the flesh taker is taking the flesh off of the altar after it's done with it, for sure so it is putting on the skin of four four green fungus beasts constantly just infinitely so that it's just it, it's just eventually it's nothing more it's more fungus than it is flesh taker at that <laughs> it's point. more fungus than flesh <laughs> um i think this is a fun a fun part to to talk about um you know some of the different combinations of uh of combos here because we talked about astronaut's altar which we've already talked about a lot and but we get to see this interesting combination of also if you have mycosynth lattice a six mana artifact that turns everything into artifacts and crack clan ironworks a sacrifice outlet specifically for artifacts to make two generic mana it works the same as Ashnot's altar. It's a uh, way harder to put that together, but it does work. It, it is. It is also uh, way more expensive oh, yeah. to make it work that way, but by by almost forty dollars. Luckily, KCI is <laughs> banned in modern still. <laughs> I think it's the Mycosynth lattice yeah, that is, is that is our problem that is here. Definitely the problem. So uh, very very fun using Trudge Garden and uh, Sacrifice. So if you're playing an Aristocrats deck and you're already in Abzan colors, you might you might be able to. Yeah. take a peek yeah absolutely um the next one we're going to talk about is actually probably my favorite uh legendary creature in the set um from one of the commander pre from the zombie commander precon um, but not the face commander this is eloise nefalia sleuth so eloise for five mana you, for three a blue and a black you get a four four human rogue this is whenever another creature you control dies you get to investigate or you create a clue Whenever you sacrifice a token, you get to surveil one. Oh my gosh, surveil! Coil finally got his surveil commander for real, though. Except honestly, I don't think I would. I wouldn't build this this particular creature surveil. You just wish you wanted it. Oh, you. Oh, you wouldn't build this as surveil. I wouldn't build it as surveil only because of the combo potential sure. with this commander. Uh, so. In combination with a Modern Horizons 2 card called Chatterfang Squirrel General, which is a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three Squirrel Warrior with Forest Walk. This is if one or more tokens would be created under your control. Those tokens plus that many 1-1 one, one Green Squirrel cr Creature tokens are created uh, instead. And then you can pay a black to sacrifice X Squirrels and target creature gets plus X, uh, minus X until end of turn. Uh, in combination with Phyrexian Altar, which we talked about, to uh, sacrifice creatures to make generic mana. Um, prerequisites having all permanents on the battlefield, and you have an additional creature to sacrifice to start the combo. The first step you're going to do is activate Phyrexian Altar, sacrificing that extra creature in order to produce one mana of any color. Eloise is going to trigger, creating a clue token and a 1-1 squirrel creature token, and then you can activate the altar to sacrifice this creature token again triggering you get another token plus the squirrel token you're going to end up making um, infinite clue tokens uh, infinite mana uh, infinite enter the battlefield leave the battlefield triggers death triggers sacrifice triggers um, you can even uh, self mill uh, using the surveil ability that's on there and uh, infinite card draw that way as well um, and then you're going to have mana to even use chatterfang's ability if you need to in order to kill things and uh, yeah, you should be able to wipe the board and have infinite mana draw your whole deck win the game hopefully um this is in the salt eye color so it none is. of these can be your face commander they are here not, i was gonna that was my question was gonna be what what are we building if we're putting this into into a deck who's the who's the is it are we gonna go like maldrotha to get them back if they die i Eloise mean or chatterfang honestly if you're building a salt eye good stuff deck maldrotha is probably the answer and like yeah in my opinion in terms of the best salt eye commander for a salt eye good stuff deck I would say Muldrotha. No, no Tassiger here. I don't think so. I think no. Muldrotha is just more efficient. You get to pick which cards you want. Sure. 
Uh, yeah. But that's maybe that's just personal opinion. Mul- yeah. Muldrotha maybe is a, a bigger target than Tassiger, and maybe Tassiger will survive around. Believe me. I played it during a uh, <laughs> boxing league. Yeah. I know about Muldrotha being a target. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So let's move to something else that is usually a target, and that is Simic. Yeah. Always target the Simic player. Kill Simic. Kill the Simic player. Um, we're going uh, to talk about Slogurk. The over slime. Can we talk about that name though for a second? It's so good. I feel like I just slow jerked in my throat there for a second. <laughs> Is that like when you you burp and hiccup at the same time? It's a slow jerk. Yeah, it just slowly comes up and hurts. At oh, the that's same just time. very painful. Very painful. So slow jerk. We're gonna play um, with Azusa the uh, Lost but Seeking and walk the Aeons to just you know take a casual uh, infinite number of turns. What? What? So um, to do this combo, you need. Slogurk and Azusa on the battlefield. So Slogurk is a 3-3 legendary ooze for one a green and a blue. It has trample. Whenever a land is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one plus one counter on Slogurk. Uh, you can remove three plus one plus one counters from Slogurk to return it to its owner's hand. And whenever Slogurk leaves the battlefield, return up to three target lands from your graveyard to your hand. So you need Slogurk and Azusa on the battlefield. You have to have at least three islands, have locked the Aeons in your hand, and then you must have five generic mana, green, blue, blue, blue available. So you need nine, you do need nine mana. Mm-hmm. So you're going to cast walk the Aeons paying, paying its buyback cost. So I guess I should explain Azusa and walk the Aeons. So Azusa is a one, two um, legendary creature for two and a green that says you can play two additional lands on your turn. And walk the Aeon says uh, take target player takes an extra turn for four blue blue, but has buyback to sacrifice three islands. You can sack three islands and you get to put Walk the Aeon back into your hand as it resolves. Um, So you're gonna cast Walk the Aeons paying its buyback costs. So you're paying four blue blue and sacrificing three islands to get an additional turn. Slogurk triggers and gets three counters um, because you put three lands into the graveyard. Um, You're going to activate Slogurk by removing three plus one plus encounters from it, returning it to your hand and then Sloger triggers returning the three lands from your graveyard to your hand. Play the three islands, and then cast Slogurk for one, a blue, and a green. So it's possible that of these islands, there's a there's a dual color here, because it doesn't say three basic islands. It doesn't, but if you're using a breeding pool, and it's coming in untapped every single time, then you, Who knows? Only, you only got 20 turns. Well, we're on hard mode here, okay? <laughs> we're on hard mode. Um, you pass the turn, and then you rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you could be playing with a tropical island. Oh, true. That's <laughs> I mean, very true. If That's you very had true. It, um, it could be that. So you, you really just need to have a blue available mm-hmm. after you, or a, a green available after you play back down those three islands. Um, but so so you're gonna just take infinite turns. And in, in colors where you can have Slogurk as your commander. In colors where Slogurk can be your commander. So another thing that I did when I was at Gen Con was on the drive there and the drive back, we did a community build. So I posted on Twitter, we built a Jaren, uh, co- Corrupted Bishop, and Slogurk, the Overslime. So uh, got lots of fun things with Slogurk. There's another combo that I will be talking about this episode. Um, but this is, this is crazy. But a lot of people were very excited about things like this because it's not... Um, I mean, I guess you can absolutely tutor for Walk the Aeons. You can tutor for Azusa. So, I mean, it's 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 there. Yeah. Um, but you're playing with the new Simic stuff. So, I mean. Well, I guess the other thing is that, you know, people's concern. Yes, you, you need Azusa to play two lands. But you could also have Exploration and 
the dagger tooth or yeah, whatever. Wayward sword tooth. Wayward sword tooth. Or you could have Dryad of Elysian yeah, Grove. There's a, there's a million. With, there's a album. bunch that say you can play an extra land on your turn. So yeah, just so if play you have, all of so them. Two of those. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is pretty much all you have to do is find your sorcery. Then right, your walk the aeons. Are you saying Slowgurk? With Walk the Aeons and Azusa is easy mode magic? I'm not saying it's easy mode. You still have to get to nine. You do need nine, but in you're also Simic. in Simic. <laughs> uh, Simic players are currently uh, leaving. Yeah. They're, they're like, I'm not listening to this show anymore. Oh, we don't have any more Simic players listening to the Guardian Project yeah. podcast, the project developed by the Simic Combine. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Just come back. It's fine. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we hate the things that we do. <laughs> All right. So the next combo we have here is featuring our brand new card called Enduring Angel. But really, we don't care about Enduring Angel. Enduring Angel has a backside, but I'll explain it. So Enduring Angel it has a two white, white, white. You get a three, three angel with flying double strike and grants you hexproof. If your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. So hopefully we're not losing the game and we get to transform uh, our Enduring Angel into Angelic Enforcer. Angelic Enforcer is a flying angel that also says that you have hexproof and Angelic Enforcer's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. Whenever Angelic Enforcer attacks, you double your life total. This is actually a two card combo with the Naya enchantment called Mael's Aria, which I have played in a deck before. <laughs> uh, I played it in my Ramos Dragon Engine deck. So for a red, a green, and a white, you get an enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control if you control a creature with power five or greater. Then you gain 10 life if you control a creature with power 10 or greater. Then you win the game if you control a creature with power 20 or greater. So I did have to look up uh, and make sure that this is actually how Miles Aria would resolve one thing at a time as it goes down and not all at the same time. That is actually how it resolves. Um, so for this combo, the prerequisite is to have Enduring Angel, or sorry, is to have uh, Angelic Enforcer and Miles Aria on the battlefield. Um, and you have at least nine life. So you're going to be transforming it at three life. You're going to have to gain six life somehow. Maybe you're going to do it with your, your life link angel that you, you have. It. You have hexproof though, so no one's going to lightning bolt you, which is kind of nice. Um, not to say that your angel is within lightning bolt uh, when you transform it. But <laughs> uh, the steps are at the beginning of your upkeep, my L's area is going to trigger. So um, our, our angelic enforcer is at nine current power and toughness because we're at nine life total. Uh, Myel's Aria is going to trigger. We have a creature with at least five powers. So we're going to put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature we control. Now our angel is power 10, and it's going to see the second ability of Myel's Aria that says when it triggers, you gain 10 life, and that's going to make Angelic Enforcer's power then 20 because it's equal to your life total plus, so you get 19 wow. life plus a plus one, plus one counter. Now it's at 20 life, and then the third part of Myel's Aria is going to trigger. And since you have a creature with at least 20 power, you win the game. Mind blown. Right? It's, it takes a <laughs> lot. It's a two-card combo that takes a ton to it's put a, together. It's a ton of work. But still, when you see that, though, ugh, I hope I hope I lose to that. <laughs> I, want, I always want to lose to all these combos we talk about here because they're all so fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be – I guess it would – if you can like flash out uh, Miles Aria, I mean, I just think transforming Enduring Angel is going to be the hardest thing in the world. The number of times that someone hits you with one big blast to kill you probably isn't that high. It's probably more of the time like someone swinging 100 creatures at you, in which case your life total is only being reduced to zero once. Every time past that, it's being reduced to negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four. So, yeah. So, 
That seems really hard to pull off. Yeah, it does. So let's go back to magic on easy mode okay. here with slow Gurk again. So one Uzi boy. Gross. Um, but we're going to go back to slow Gurk here. But we're going to go with an infinite um, plus one plus one counter, infinite mill, infinite shuffle back in combo here. Sure. So slow Gurk the overslime again. Whenever a land is put into a graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Remove three. Uh, plus and plus and counter some slow Gurk to return it to its owner's hand. And whenever it leaves the battlefield, return three target lands from your graveyard to your hand. It does have trample. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to combine this with uh, Lightning Greaves, a very common, commonly used equipment here. So for two mana, you get an equipment that says equip creature has haste and shroud, equip zero. We're going to play Gaia's Blessing, a sorcery that uh, costs one and a green that says target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into the library. It says draw a card and also has when Gaia's Blessing is put into your graveyard from your library, shuffle your graveyard into your library. And finally, we have Cephalid Illusionist, which is a 1-1 Cephalid Wizard for one and a blue that says whenever Cephalid Illusionist becomes the target of a spell or ability, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Uh, it also has pay two and a blue, tap it. Um, this turn, prevent all combat da- damage that would be dealt to and by target creature you control. Um, relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still that's still very cool. What we're going to do here is just have Slogurk and Cephalid Illusionist um, on the battlefield with Lightning Greaves. Gaia's Blessing needs to be in your library. Mm. And, and what you're going to do is you're just going to move Lightning Greaves and equip it from Slogurk to Cephalid Illusionist and then back to Slogurk. Then back to Cephalid Illusionist. And every time it gets equipped to Cephalid Illusionist, it became the target of an ability. So you're going to mill yourself three. And and as I assume you play lands in your deck. So every time a land hits the graveyard, you're going to put a plus one plus one counter on Slogurk. And you're eventually going to mill Gaia's Blessing, which is going to shuffle all your cards back into your library. It's really good. I'm just trying to imagine a Goblin Charbelcher Simic build right now where you don't <laughs> play any lands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you're just going to do that and then you're going to end whenever you decide you want to be done. You're going to put, you're gonna, I assume you're going to end when you shuffle your whole graveyard back in your library. Don't end and like just have half your library milled. My suggestion. Okay. Pro tip. Um, and then and then you're going to put the, the Lightning Greaves on Slogurk it then has haste and shroud, and it has trample, and you take out one person. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then, and then maybe you're running cards like Ram Through, and you want to just you know also take out another person after moving the Greaves um, off of it. Says shroud. Yeah. Um, really, really fun way to do that. It's a four card combo, but you only have. To, it's a four card combo, but doesn't. It's a weird combo that doesn't physically require you to have that fourth card ever in your hand. Right. Or to cast it or to use it just it's like, oops, got milled. It's like the Eldrazi when it when it hits the graveyard mm-hmm. and shuffle everything back in. You just it's on a Gaia's blessing. This was actually um this cephalid is actually part of the old Protean Hulk uh combo. In combination, there's a white creature that like it says like the next one damage the target creature would take, this creature takes instead. And you would just target Cephalid to mill your whole deck, and then you would have a Laboratory Maniac-like effect as part of the Hulk pile as well. But I have never heard of, of Cephalid since Hulk got banned, actually, so it's really cool to see it uh, see some use. I, I guess you could use the original Eldrazi as well, Kozilek and, and Ulamog, mm-hmm. as redundant Gaia's Blessings. 
Hey, sometimes someone exiles your graveyard with the trigger on the stack. I mean... Need some redundant effects. Yeah. So if you're looking to mill in Simic, you got some more options here. There you go. Yeah. All right. Next combo we have. I know we, we said we said it was hard. We went to an easy one. This one's, I in my opinion, also a very difficult one. Okay. Um, but I love I love when someone figured this out. Uh, this 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 interaction with doubling cube. Spoiler: We're using doubling cube in this combo. <laughs> so Lord of the Forsaken is our brand new card from Innistrad Midnight Hunt for six mana, four black black. You get a six six demon with flying and trample. It has two activated abilities. We can pay a black and sacrifice another creature to have target player mill three cards, or we can pay one life to add a generic mana to our mana pool. We can only spend this mana to cast a spell from your graveyard. In combination with the creatures Emil the Blessed from um, Jumpstart. Jumpstart. Yeah, we have the Unicorn for four mana. So two white, white. You get a 4-4 Unicorn that has the activated ability of pay three generic mana to exile another target creature you control, then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. Whenever another and another ability says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under control, you may pay a hybrid uh, green-white. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. If it's a Unicorn, put two plus one, plus one counters on it. The third creature we have here is Felidar Guardian from uh, Aether Revolt. Four mana, one, four, three, and a white cat beast. When it enters the battlefield, you get to blink another one of your uh, creatures. Uh, is it permanence? It's permanence, not creatures. Permanence, that's right, because that's how it worked with Saheeli Rai back in Standard. And then we have Doubling Cube. Doubling Cube is a two-mana artifact that you can pay three and tap it to double the amount of each type of mana in your mana pool. It is important to note that the mana that Doubling Cube makes does not have the same criteria that the mana that was in the pool had. And the reason we know this is actually because of Jeweled Lotus from um, from Commander Legends uh, actually produces three three mana of any one color that can only be used on your commander, but with Doubling Cube, you actually are able to produce three more mana that can be used for anything. So the prerequisites for this combo are all permanents are on the battlefield. You have at least three generic mana available, and you have at least eight life. So you activate Lord of the Forsaken by paying seven life to add seven generic mana uh, that can only be spent to cast spells from your graveyard. You activate Doubling Cube with the three generic mana that you had available at the beginning of the turn uh, to double your unspent mana to 14 colorless, seven of which you can use on anything. You can activate Emil the Blessed by paying three, exiling and returning Felidar Gar Guardian to the battlefield. Felidar Guardian then blinks your doubling cube, untapping it. You still have four generic mana left over. You use three of it to tap it and create, well, this time you're going to create another eight because you're doubling whatever is in your mana pool and you still have one generic mana left over. So what this is going to do is create an infinite, infinite amount of colorless mana. You're going to have infinite enter the battlefield triggers, infinite flicker and landfall and leave the battlefield triggers. So... Um, whatever you can do with that, I know it's kind of a convoluted uh, combo to put together in the Abzan colors. So Emil can't be your commander for this or anything. And you're in like an Abzan blink strategy with this sort of combo. So not sure how well it's going to be able to be put together and work. Um, but at the same time, it's pretty cool. Yeah, this one's a cool one. Before we move on from Lord of the Forsaken, though, we do have another combo here. Um, this one's much easier. It's only two cards. Um, but again, <laughs> you're only in, in black and white here. So again, Lord of the Forsaken, um, Flying Trample, 6-6, six, six, pay black, sacrifice another creature, target player, mills three, or pay a life, add generic to your mana pool only to cast spells from your graveyard. Combining that with the card Near-Death Experience, two generic white, white, white enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you exactly one life, you win the game. All you have to do is play Lord of the Forsaken and Near-Death Experience past the turn. And at the end of your opponent's turn, you, you pay all but one life 
to get a bunch of generic mana that you're not going to use. I mean, maybe you can use it. Maybe you have a spell you can cast from your graveyard, but you're probably not going to use it. You don't need it. I'm telling you, you don't need it. <laughs> just go to one life. At your upkeep, you have exactly one life. You're just going to win the game. That's right. That's it. Assuming they don't ping you or bolt you, or shock you, um, it, anything. Even like let you, well, I guess if they have you gain life, you could just spend it again and lose the life back. In Yeah. In, with in, the trigger on the stack. Yep. I think they just have to, they just have to do enough. They just have to do literally anything. (laughs) They have to, they have to, they can't have you gain. They have to have you lose. (laughs) So Lord of the Forsaken near death experience. I don't, I've never seen near death experience win a game. No. Um, but this seems pretty cool. Yeah, I imagine it's happened before with with cards like Necropotence and stuff. It's it's fun to see it on a creature, something easily more easily tutorable in a black deck than an enchantment. So yeah, very cool. All right, so the next one we have here uh, is revolving around the Meat Hook Massacre, brand new card. Uh, Meat Hook Massacre is an X black black legendary enchantment. This is whenever the Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you gain one life. Um, in combination with the card Rot Hulk, which is seven mana zombie five five, so for five black black. You get a creature that has menace, and when Rot Hulk enters the battlefield, return up to X target zombie cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the number of opponents you have. You have Godhead of Awe, uh, which actually is a replaceable part of this particular combo. Or no, uh, well, no, it's not a replaceable part of this particular combo. The next part is Godhead of Awe is a 5-mana 4-4 spirit avatar, so hybrid blue-white five times um, for a flyer that says other creatures are one power, one toughness. And then the replaceable part of this combo is actually anything, whether it's a creature, an enchantment, an artifact that is going to have all creatures get minus one, minus one. So in this particular case, we're looking at Knight of Souls Betrayal uh, for four mana, two black, black. Legendary enchantment says all creatures get minus one, minus one. The prerequisites are you have Rot Hulk in your hand and all of the permanents on the battlefield. You have at least one opponent which I hope you do. And uh, if you didn't, you won <laughs> and seven available mana, um, two of it being black in order to cast Rot Hulk. So first step is you cast Rot Hulk. Rot Hulk dies to state based actions because your creatures are one ones that are getting minus one, minus one. Um, when Rot Hulk's enter the battlefield is put onto the stack, um, it dies and then it's uh, it, it can trigger targeting itself, returning itself to the battlefield and die again. Um, and then with Meat Hook Massacre on the battlefield, it's going to cause an infinite amount of life gain, uh, death triggers, and life loss, and enter the battlefield effects. Um, so it's just, you know, using Meat Hook Massacre as another way to have a Zulport Cutthroat. But in this particular case, Zulport Cutthroat would be dying to your combo. So it's right. important that it is an right. enchantment. So I guess Bastion of Remembrance? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Now, have you seen this movie? I have not. I have not either. But if you did not know, there is a movie from 2015 called Meat Hook Massacre. And I want to read to you the premise of this movie. <laughs> it says, three young women encounter car trouble on the way to a Dragon's Claw concert during a rainstorm. Dragon's Claw. During a rainstorm. Dragon's Claw. They are forced to go seek help where one by bloody one, they are attacked by a masked maniac and hung on meat hooks. Who will survive and what will be left of them? Now, <clears throat> it does only have a 4.3 rating on IMDb, okay. so I assume it's not great. But I will tell you, Meat Hook Massacre 2 mm-hmm. 
has a 4.3 rating, and then Meat Hook Massacre, the final chapter, okay. has a rating of 5.9. Wow, the final chapter? It's the final chapter. stepped up their game. We are wrapping up <laughs> the massacre. <laughs> it has been massacring for three full movies. I've, If you've watched these, can you tell us <laughs> what your thoughts <laughs> are? Because this is a real movie. It's a real it's a real thing. So that's what's be, that must be what's being depicted on the card. I mean, it's got to be, right? People are going to the Dragon's Claw concert. It's yes. definitely raining outside in that artwork, I'm sure. We just don't see it. And no Dragon's Claws <laughs> for you. No, none for you. Oh, my gosh. All right. All so, right. So we have mm-hmm. another combo here with um, the card Triskaidecaphile. Oh, so Triskaidecaphile um, is a card that says at the um, beginning of your upkeep, if you have 13 or more cards in your hand, you win the game. Can 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 you believe that? I can believe it. Um, so what you're doing here is is you, we're we're really just we're trying to get 13 cards into our hand. So do. combining that with cards like Peer into the Abyss or a, a, a discard outlet and an extra turn spell, you're going to be able to do this. So um, you, you, you're going to draw a lot of cards, discard down until you have 13, take an extra turn, and you're up, keep, you're just going to win. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So Triskaidecaphile, uh, it's a human wizard, a 1-3 for 1 and a blue. It says you you have no max hand size at the beginning of your upkeep. You have exactly 13 cards in your hand. You win the game, pay 3 and a blue to draw a card. Um, we're gonna we're just going to try to draw like all the cards. Yeah. Yeah, put them all into our hand. And then anything that says you can discard a card. Um, so you're going to discard a card down until you have 13, and uh, you're just going to win the game. Yeah, I like I like the fact that um, you don't technically need to like draw your whole deck and then discard down to hand discard down to thirteen. Um, you could do if there's a way to produce infinite amount of mana with Triskaidecaphile, you can just use their ability to draw cards up to thirteen right before your upkeep. Um, those particular combos maybe aren't as exciting because it's just Isochron Scepter with Dramatic Reversal under it or something uh, just to fit in your colors. Um, but it is, I think it's really cool. Maybe maybe Mono Blue didn't need another alternate win condition uh, that involved drawing cards and getting down to a low amount of cards in your uh, in your library. But at the same time, I always like seeing the alternate win condition, so I'm not going to complain. Yep. Yep, I'm not either. <laughs> All right, so the next combo we have here is revolving around an uncommon enchantment aura called Necrosynthesis. So for one in a black, you get an enchant creature aura. This is whenever or enchant creature has, whenever another creature dies, you put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. And when the enchanted creature dies, you look at the top X cards of your library where X is its power, put one of those cards into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. In combination with Phyrexian Altar, which we've talked about before, and Herd Balath, um, Herd Balath is a five mana four four beast. This is whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on Herd Balath, you may create a four four green beast creature token. Uh, this particular creature can actually uh, be replaced in this combo uh, by a card called Scurry Oak, um, which is another brand new card from Modern Horizons Two. Uh, and Scurry Oak is a uh, three mana one two tree folk with evolve. It says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on Scurry Oak, you may create a one one green squirrel creature token. So the important part here is every time a plus one plus one counter is put on one of these creatures, they are going to be making another creature. We're going to be sacrificing that other creature to Phyrexian Altar to create a, uh, a mana of any color. Um, this is going to then trigger Necrosynthesis, putting another plus one plus one counter on the creature again. 
making another creature. So we're going to have infinite enter the battlefield effects, leave the battlefield effects, uh, death triggers and mana of any color uh, while also creating an enormous herd Balith or scurry oak in case we have the ability to fling it or something like that. Yeah. Well, we, we only have time for a few more combos. So let's go ahead and each pick one more. So I am going to do uh, one that's pretty quick. So this is Eloise, Nefalia Sleuth, and March of the Machines. So Eloise, again, um, a 4-4 human rogue, 3, a blue and a black. Whenever another creature you control dies, investigate. Whenever you sack a token, surveil one. March of the Machines says each, uh, each non-creature artifact is an artifact creature with power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost. So you basically just have March of the Machine and Eloise, Nefalia Sleuth on the battlefield, uh, and, a, and a clue. Um, when both are on the battlefield, the clue is going to become, a, 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 it's going to die um, because it will be a zero, zero, mm -hmm. um, which is is going to um, cause infinite death triggers and, and, and force a draw if you don't have a way to stop it. Because Eloise says whenever another creature you control dies, it doesn't say non-token creature. Mm -hmm. So because the token is the creature, you're, you're just creating a loop. So I guess if you have like a Bastion of Remembrance mm -hmm. or 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 a, a, a Zulaport Cutthroat or a Blood Artist or a Aura, 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 yep. whatever else it is that you want. Eloise and March of the Machines with one single clue ends the game. So please have a way to win because I have done this myself. Not this, but I have done this with life and limb and um, turning things into forests with my uh, <laughs> slime foot deck at one point going, oh, shoot, I don't. I don't have a way to stop this. That's right. This is fun. I love when things come to a screeching halt. You go, oops, mm -hmm. <laughs> or a draw. I didn't realize it happened. So um, this, if I built Eloise, 100% putting March of the Machines. You got to do it. You have to do it. I mean, what's the, if someone removes your Zillaport, it's going to be a draw. You want to draw or do you want to you want to lose? I mean, those are your two choices. Right? Yeah, we want to draw. <laughs> All right. So I will choose one. I'm going to choose a complicated one here because I wrote it out. And I want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is involving uh, your namesake currently right now, Andy. And My Twitter handle, Old Stick Fingers. Old Stick Fingers is an X black green horror uh, that power is star star. This is whenever you cast the spell, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards. Put all creature cards revealed this way into your graveyard, then put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Old Stick Fingers, Power and Toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Uh, in combination with a very little known card called Necrotic Ooze, definitely not known no for No one even knows what that is, no, Coil. That no one knows. So Necrotic Ooze is a four mana, four, three, two black, black. You get an ooze that says as long as Necrotic Ooze is on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all creatures in all graveyards uh, another creature we're going to have is devoted druid a two mana zero two elf druid that taps for a green and you can put a, plus, a minus one minus one counter on devoted druid to untap devoted druid channeler initiate from amonkhet you get a three four for two mana this is channeler initiate enters the battlefield with three minus one minus one counters uh, on a creature you control then you can tap it to remove a minus one minus one counter from channeler initiate to add one mana of any color to your mana pool and finally or sorry two more cards one more here is soul of innistrad very on on flavor for our innistrad midnight hunt combo episode six mana six six four black black you get an avatar with death touch with two different abilities for three black and a black you can either activate it to return up to three target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand or if it's in your graveyard you can use three black black and exile it from your graveyard to return up to three target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand that way the final creature here is walking ballista walking ballista is an xx construct 
with it, it's a zero zero enters the battlefield with x plus one plus one counters on it you can use four generic mana to put a plus one plus one counter on walking ballista and remove a plus one plus one counter from walking ballista and to deal one damage to any target so the prerequisites for this are old stick fingers is in your command zone or in your hand and all other cards are in your library and there's no other creatures in your library. So you can't have any other creatures. Zero. This is this is the deck we were looking for. This is, it has, this is it. it has been it this is not quite there yet on, mm-hmm. on the on the website, but it has been confirmed by our yes. judges. Yes. Um, you also are going to need uh, seven mana on the first turn and nine mana that can be paid on a later turn in order to make this. So it's very mana intensive and it's a two turn combo. Wait, here. 11 mana, right? Nine. Black, oh, yeah. Black? Nine black, black. So 11 mana yeah, on so, another turn. Yeah, seven this turn, nine or 11 at another turn. Um, so the color identity is in Golgari, though, which is nice. So you can have old stick fingers as your commander for this. So the first step is to cast old stick fingers for X equals five to put all five of your creatures in your library into your graveyard. You then pay the five mana to activate Soul of Innistrad from your command zone to return only Necrotic Ooze to your hand. You pay four mana to cast Necrotic Ooze, and then you have to have a way of either giving Necrotic Ooze haste or you move on to the next turn so it no longer has summoning sickness so they can use some of the tap abilities that are currently in the graveyard. So you tap Necrotic Ooze using Devoted Druid's ability to add a green to your mana pool. You untap it by using Devoted Druid's ability to put a minus one, minus one counter on it. Then you can tap it to remove a minus one, minus one counter to produce one mana of any ability using Channel or Initiate. Uh, and you repeat this over and over um, until you have infinite mana. And then you can activate Walking Ballista's ability for four to put a plus one, plus one counter on it infinite number of times to <laughs> until you have enough counters on it to, to bolt everyone down on the board i love this so much i when we were talking about the decks we want the commanders we wanted to build when we, when we talked about the previews mm-hmm. this was one where i said or something cowboy with this someone has figured it out i think there's an easier way to do it yeah i think you can do it with same same thing with necrotic ooze uh being your win condition but simply with phyrexian devourer and walking ballista um, De- De- Phyrexian Devourer uh, has an activated ability that says remove the top card of your library from the game and put X plus one plus one counters on Phyrexian Devourer where X is the remove cards convert to mana cost yep. and you have to sacrifice it if it's seven or greater but we're going to activate everything in response to that trigger anyways um, and exile cards to put a bunch of plus one plus one counters on our Necrotic Ooze and then kill everyone with the with the Walking Ballista that way. I don't think you need to produce infinite mana. Um, maybe there's a scenario well, where Well, I think it just says have... you can produce infinite here. Well, that's true. Uh, but you need the infinite mana to put infinite plus one plus one counters yeah. using Walking Ballista's ability in this. In this one, but the other one, if someone if someone interrupts in some, in some manner, yeah. you have to exile those cards from your library. You do. And you do have to have high enough mana values because you don't get those counters for just lands exactly so you, i mean you have to have at least 120 cmc in your deck or, or yeah. value in your deck and that's if no one gained any life and yeah and and no one has taken any right either so, so no i i like it these these were a lot of fun um thank you again to um everybody who sent us some combos to look at and commander spellbook is such a wonderful website if you don't take a look at it or you haven't seen it before go check them out um that is commanderspellbook.com um and we want to hear about what combos you are playing or are planning to play and um send those to us tweet them at us send pictures when you combo out um that's it for this week you can find me on Twitter at AT Floyd. And you can find me on Twitter at Worm Coil Engine. And of course, we want to give a special thanks to Ryan Nichols, our producer and editor. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And also to Chris Wolf, who handles all of our graphic design. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And to all that you listen, we wouldn't do this without you. And we're going to talk to you next week.
See ya. Bye.